During this episode, my wife keeps it 100. She recalls the moment that she found out she was pregnant and everything that followed that breathtaking moment. We talked about everything from being bound to an individual that she knew she couldn't be in a relationship with to the difficulty of having to contemplate the life that was growing in her stomach and the decisions to come. This was not the easiest conversation for my wife to have, but man, this is going to bless so many. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. All right, Blenders, we have another incredible episode in store. We have our officially just the, our most frequent flyer, Margaret <laughs> Wallace, Margot, love of my life. Hey, baby, how you doing? Hi, I am doing really well. Just doing. a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> the subject matter is awesome. Very personal for the both of us, but a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more for Margot. So we were just praying and whatnot, and the waters are working, and that's a good thing. It's just, this is just such a intimate subject matter, but it is something that is, it's powerful. It's so good. It's so good. So yeah. what I did was she asked for, you know, some Kleenex and whatnot, or just something to wipe the, dab the eyes, just in dab case, <laughs> and we don't have any of that. So I... Ripped up some toilet paper in perfect squares. So you call it out. Got I call it. it out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're doing. That's how we roll. That's how the Wallaces roll. Perfect squares, toilet paper. Toilet paper roll. Because we are the ish. Okay, let's move on. Let's <laughs> Strong <go>. start, people. <laughs> Strong start. But again, thank you so much, my love, for joining us on this episode. This is going to be good. Absolutely. It is. It will be. All right, so we are in the vein of stuck without commitment. Those of you that have been listening for a bit are probably slightly familiar with the context of this genre of episode, stuck without commitment, meaning essentially we're bound to someone absent of the foundation of commitment that is necessary in order to do things in the right way, in an orderly fashion. So essentially attaching ourselves to people, to relationships, yeah. circumstance, without first leading with the necessary aspects of uh, commitment. And we've talked about sex previously. That's one of the previous episodes. And there was another episode talking about the savior complex. Please listen to that one. It is really good. The both of them powerful. But today we are speaking on the subject of I'm pregnant. And I, that's not me. That's not me We're, either. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like clar clarification. Yeah, clarification. Yes, okay. yes, yes. We're not talking <laughs> presently, but we are talking about Margot when she was how old? 18. 18 years old. And like this was just turned 18. Just turned 18. This was her first pregnancy. And she did so with our oldest child's father. And again, that is 
that is not me. <laughs> I wasn't present mm-hmm. during that time in life, but she encountered this moment where she was pregnant. And this is kind of her instance or that moment where that transpired. And she's going to speak on that today. Yes, I will do my very best to keep it together while we're talking about it. Because I don't typically revisit like the intimate details around it. Yeah. So let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited about it. And so let's go ahead and start with just Margot at the age, the ripe age of 18 years old. You think about that. And I mean, our oldest is 14. She is by no means ready for for 97% of life, let alone four years from now getting pregnant, to be honest. That's, it's absolutely mind blowing. So who is Margot at this point in her life at 18 years old? Man, um, I am literally just graduating high school. Um, from a continu- continuational school, um, because I was just a hot mess in high school. So I wasn't going to graduate in time. So I, and I was going to go to jail if I kept, or juvie, if I kept skipping out on school. And so I had to go to a continuational school, um, cause I couldn't drop out. And, um, I, at that age, I literally was just, I just graduated high school the end of May and, uh, I, w- I turned 18 on my birthday in June. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I am not, I am, I don't have a permanent home. I'm not living anywhere. I'm kind of going from place to place. And I'm about to move to Georgia in a couple months. That's where, that's where I'm at because I wanted to start, start over, start fresh because it was a hot, you know, again, it was just a chaotic mess. Um, my life was around that time. And I just wanted to get away from it. Fresh start, go move with my cousin in Georgia and go to school out there, college, et cetera. Yeah. That's where I was at. Yeah. And as you are speaking from your personal experience, obviously this happens as you're 18 years old and there are many people at different stages of their relationship where they don't have the commitment and yet pregnancy transpires. Mm -hmm. So this can be, obviously this is, this is your experience. Someone can be a bit more older seasoned. Maybe it is two families essentially attempting to blend and they're having what people call an hours baby. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a pregnancy and it's not the immaturity and the experience or the perspective of an 18 years old, 18 year old, but nonetheless, it is this vulnerable stage of life where there are so many questions in the air as far as like what's happening. What are we going to do? This is not something that we've really talked about, or it is something that we've talked about vaguely, but Mm -hmm. we are not exercising a plan. And I know that our children weren't necessarily planned but we had the commitment. We yeah. had the foundation of commitment. We've, you know, the creating them was super fun. And <laughs> I can, I can recall, let's not get okay. into details, <laughs> but there are so many people that whether they are of age, they can be 30 plus years old and mm-hmm. seasoned in life and encounter this moment where they are, they take the test, they see the results, and then all of a sudden they're communicating with their significant other, their partner, or this random person that they hooked up with. Mm-hmm. I'm pregnant. 
And there again, there's this absent absence of commitment and it's just, it is a wild moment. So when you think of that instance, that moment when you shared with this person that you're pregnant, how was that for you? Oh my gosh. I legitimately, so I was not dating um, him. I was actually, I hadn't, for a few months before that, I hadn't spoken to him for a while since we had broken up. And the only reason I went to or saw him again and had communication again was I was going to move to Georgia and I wanted my little sister to be kind of looked out looked after just somebody out here to kind of keep an eye out for her mm-hmm. and um and he was the only person still out here because my family had moved yeah um that i i guess some that she still had a relationship with so i went to go see him at his job and you know i guess from that point he you know got intrigued with me again and um so we weren't again we weren't dating and so i was about to leave and it was that week of um after i graduated um you know i partook in the act Mm -hmm. and i got pregnant and i wasn't i didn't know um and again i was kind of a mess around that age so i was drinking and smoking Um, i was just kind of doing so really it was really i was doing my own thing I was just doing my thing. Like I didn't care about about anybody. Didn't, um, anyway. And then, um, I was getting, um, I was like getting not sick, but I had cranberry juice and I like threw up Mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't know what that's about. So I just took a test because I didn't think I could get pregnant. Yeah. I had some issues with my ovaries when I was younger and um either I, I don't remember if I got told by by you know a doctor nurse or whatever or if I just remember I remember me thinking I couldn't get pregnant. But I um got a test and I um got, you know I remember I was at you know their um mom's home and I took a test upstairs after I was got out of the shower and uh, it didn't say anything, you know, that I was taking, even taking a test. Yeah. And then I found out that I was pregnant and I freaked out, you know, I was shaking and crying and I, you know, went downstairs and um, let him know. And he kind of laughed. And I remember like, what is happening? You know, yeah. like this changes everything, you know, um, because I didn't believe in, and still don't today, but I didn't believe in abortion, but I didn't want to be with this person. I knew I didn't. I actually found this letter after you sent me the questions and um, that I wrote to myself five days before I graduated about him wanting to get back with me. And I'm like, nope, I don't want this relationship. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, and I felt like I just, I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how exactly it was going to affect my life or what I can actually do, but I just knew that I was pregnant. And it was with somebody that I didn't want to be with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything, you know, you're obviously figuring life out at this stage, kind of, and you're also doing your thing as 18-year-olds should be. While there should be some some order. I mean, you shouldn't be <laughs> drinking or smoking, okay? Yeah, there, should be, there should be some order. <laughs> there should be some expectations that are healthy and a direction to be moving in, but you 
also want to have room for mistakes. You want to, at that stage in life, an 18 year old should still have a sufficient enough safety net to fall on, Hmm. you know, have some freedoms and whatnot, some direction, some order, but you can also be a little bit of a knucklehead. And it sounds like during this phase in your life, uh, that safety net wasn't present. So it was really just you exercising whatever authority you believed you had. And then you find yourself in this moment and this just dire just instance. And so you communicate to him that you are pregnant. You mentioned that you're not really in a relationship. No, we're not in a relationship. Yeah, not in a relationship. <laughs> no, no, no relationship. So upon figuring out that you're pregnant, once you kind of get your your mind right somewhat enough mm-hmm. to think straight, what is the hope for your relationship moving forward if there is a relationship and just what you what you want to happen? Well, I knew for me, I didn't want to be so I had this like conviction that I didn't even want to have sex until I was married. And, um, but I did. And so for, and the reason, one of the reasons why was because I wanted to, I believed that once you, you know, and I still believe once you get married, that's it. Um, like that's the person you're with. And so my, my parents, they stayed together for a long time because of the kids. And that was what you did. Like you have kids, you stay together no matter what. And my parents were not in a good situation together. So I was like, okay, I'm stuck with this person. I'm stuck with him. So I was like, I have to make this work. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my, I, I can't, I'm not gonna, what am I gonna do? Keep, you know, the kid from him or I'm not gonna do this back and forth thing. Um, and again, I was just a child. Yeah. But even while pregnant, I had many people that I adored and loved today still and looked up to at the time that were like mother figures um or just people that i looked up to in my life that said basically if you keep the baby then your life's going to change forever um and don't expect this person to to stay in your life and so i was presented with this like like all right you like you if you keep this child then like that's it like you and if you don't then the world's you know the world's yours yeah and um and i never had contemplated like that before you know because i never i just you don't think i never thought about having kids i just didn't you know and so i remember thinking about it and my heart broke and i was just like nope like i won't i won't and i obviously decided not to um and what i'm trying to say is i they, they basically said like abort Um, because you're going to do this alone. Um, And I knew it. Like, even if we we were trying for a relationship, like this wasn't, it didn't work before the pregnancy. It's not going to work after the pregnancy. The baby doesn't fix things, you know? I knew that even at the ripe age of 18, like I knew that. And so um, I, um, I, I, sorry, I forgot the question. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot where I was going with no, it. No, just the hope for your relationship. Yeah, I, I, the, well, the hope was, okay, I'm pregnant, so we are going to keep it. We're going to keep the baby, obviously, and we're going to stay together. That's what you, that's what you do, you know? Um, he had wanted to get back with me, so it wasn't like I had to convince him of anything, and it was kind of like, all right, perfect, she's pregnant, so 
you know it's kind of like there's um, it, it was almost like there was no other choice yeah you know um and so um we were dating again um and i was i was pregnant and i didn't and it was terrible <laughs> gosh it was like the pregnancy was so hard um because we were not supposed to be in a relationship. Like he was just doing his thing still, um, out every hour of the night. Like, and I remember having this one time, I think I was like five months pregnant or four and a half months pregnant, something like that. And I had like this panic attack and I was trying to get a hold of him and I couldn't. And, um, because I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know much about it, you know, and I was freaking out and, um, I didn't know much about panic attacks or whatever. And yeah. so I, um, I couldn't get a hold of him. It was like four o'clock in the morning, and I just drove myself to the hospital. Um, and like that is not—that's <laughs> not a relationship, you know. Um, and so we kind—I of, think we went back and forth during the pregnancy. Um, and so this is relationship during the pregnancy, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's—you know—we I tried, we tried, uh, but we weren't supposed to be together, so it wasn't gonna like wasn't going to work yeah so so on that very difficult subject of of abortion mm-hmm. it's something that has been a, both legal as well as we've just arrived at a point where it's been celebrated and as you mentioned mm-hmm. people that mean well that love you and want what's best for you communicated that life is still at your leisure or you still have access to things upon doing the going through with it as well as the fact that you're going to be doing it alone Mm -hmm. these are people that are wise in in the way that they recognize that you would be so as far as that crossroad and the difficulty of it how how intense would you say that was for you and how why do you Mm -hmm. think that you made the decision that you did i it was so hard because the people that like that spoke that, you know, or that told me those things uh, are people that I absolutely like looked up to and trusted people I trusted. And, um, it was heartbreaking. Like first I was upset and uh, offended. Like, how could you tell me to like, to kill my baby? You know, I didn't think about it like that first, you know, um, as far as the, them like wanting that, I knew they just wanted what's best for me. And so, but I was offended and then I was really sad. And then I really thought about it. Like they love me. Um, and I'm going to have to stay, this person's going to be a part of my life no matter what now, no matter what this person's not good for me. Um, and so I really like wrestled with it. And I um I I was really mad at myself for questioning if I should or not. Um, because I had a strong belief that I wouldn't like abortion is a hell no. Because it's you're literally killing a part of you. Like that no matter how what how you want to shape it, how you want to word it, you're literally killing a human being no matter the circumstance and this person was not good for me so i understood i really did understand that i was not going to be doing this um with somebody else and and if i was it wasn't going to be healthy you yeah. know and so um 
but so the reason I didn't was because I came to my senses. Like, even if I did it, even if I'm doing it alone, I'd rather be doing it alone for this human that's inside of me yeah. um, than the selfish part of me that wanted to just, you know, worry about my life. And that's kind of where I was in life. I wanted to just worry about me yeah. and do me. And I understood that this changes things. I just, there was just this, there's, there's this innate feeling like you just know, like, yeah. It's going to change things, but, um, yeah. So for me, I didn't because, um, I came to my senses and I think it was God, honestly, like, um, I didn't realize the blessing that she would be, um, and what she saved me from and what God, how God used the pregnancy. Um, but I'm so glad I decided not to, you know, my whole world would be different. I don't even know if I would literally be alive. That's how much of a mess I was. So, yeah. And how much of a snowball effect do you think the decisions made prior to your pregnancy, how do you believe those affect the difficulty of the decision of abortion or not? And what I'm referencing is the drinking, the smoking, the having Mm -hmm. sex before marriage, and just taking these steps whereby you are searing your conscience and you're Mm. doing things that you aren't in agreement with you're exercising a freedom that you know is not best for you and then you you arrive at this point where you're having this really difficult ultimatum you know this very difficult decision to make how do you how difficult do you think just resisting that snowball effect that you were experiencing firsthand how like how how do you think that attributed to how hard that decision was well the i think the reason why i was able to do the things that i was doing was because i just wanted control i had like there was so many things around me i mean i was from 16 to you know i was adult i was we we were homeless like i didn't have a permanent home i was just living on my own wherever i could live you know and so the that's control like to be able to make whatever decisions i wanted to make and so the snowball is the decisions that I can make because I could, you know? So, um, I think that, and being in the relationship, it's hard to leave. Like I, I was a virgin, you know, I, I had these things that I said, I, I, like commitments to myself, you know, quote unquote qu- contracts mm-hmm. that I said I wouldn't do or I would do and, uh, caving in or, or, allowing myself to to still do things that I said I wouldn't do, I think it breaks down the, the strength. It yeah. broke down the strength that I had, you know, and the convictions that I had. Mm-hmm. And then so it was easier to make different decisions. I mean, the I, I don't know if we've talked about it in previous episodes, but the drinking and smoking I had done for a while, you know, it wasn't like brand new when I was older, it was since I was 12 years old. So it wasn't like this, um, all of a sudden now I'm doing it now that we're, you know, I'm, homeless or whatever it was just what i was used to i didn't have like you know i didn't have real leadership in my life people to guide me um in the right way and i knew how to lie i knew how to front i knew how to say what i needed to say in front of the right people and i knew i knew how to get my way and that was a lot of it had to do with control so that snowball is the control and when it came to the child and being pregnant that ultimatum, that decision, I had to face reality. It was not just me anymore, period. 
it was there was a human there was another there was a baby inside you know of me literally and so the the decision was it couldn't be as selfish as i wanted it to be yeah and so that's why i think the considering it was easier to consider i would have never considered before i'm like you know when i believe something i believe it and you can't tell me nothing and so the fact that i even questioned it i think had to do with the fact with the idea of this is your life you do what you want to do like this lie like you do what you want um it's all about feelings and it's all about what you what you want what you want to accomplish in life and kids are going to you ruin that for you. Yeah, it changes things. It does. That's the reality. But it was my choice. Nobody forced me to get pregnant. It was my choice. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't choose to, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I chose to have sex and there's consequences to that. And I wasn't married. I wasn't even with the individual. That's what's crazy is I wasn't. And so, um, yeah, I guess, does that answer the question? It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the accumulation of it all making it more difficult, but it's amazing to have this moment of clarity where you assume, I don't think if you had not assumed responsibility, then the decision you made ultimately would have been entirely different. Yeah. Because we, society talks about pregnancy like it's something that we stumble into, something that happened to us, Mm. opposed to something that we uh, consensually engaged in. Mm -hmm. And no one gets pregnant absent of conception and having sex i know it's 2023 so we're coming up with ways and and, you know. and sometimes it is forced on people so that's yeah. a different subject so yeah it's a, it's, yeah mm-hmm. different subject but you know most of the time uh by a sig- significant margin mm-hmm. it is consensual mm-hmm. and most people if not <laughs> most people know what the result of of sex is what it results in mm-hmm. and it's the creation of a life uh, but for you to take that moment, that have that moment of clarity where you're like, I am responsible for this and therefore the, this life needs care and it's a real life and it has value. Mm-hmm. Regardless rec- of what that person is going to, what role they're going to play. That's what I had to like, I had to grow up real quick. Yeah. Like, because they spoke truth. This person's not going to be around, not the way you think they're going to be. Like babies don't fix things. And I was so, so grateful that they spoke truth, you know, because I had to really consider all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. I know it's intimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Got it. So as far as the back and forth, what would you say are some of the hardships, the consequences that result in in doing that and having inconsistency and a lack of security in your relationship? Yeah, I think because the, the the subject matter is, you know, stuck without commitment, it really was like stuck without commitment from both ends. Like I, there was moments where I held, you know, the baby over his head, you know, like I'm, we have a child together or I'm pregnant, you know, at different stages, obviously we, I'm pregnant or we had a child together. Like, how can you go out doing these things or how can you do this to us, et cetera? Um, because I was trying to like force this situation that mm-hmm. wasn't there was no actual commitment there yeah. was no i mean even when i gave birth we weren't dating at that point like that was not my boyfriend 
that we were not together. And that was that's a whole nother situation, <laughs> right? Hence, hence the last name of Hence her last name child. has, you know, my my maiden last name and his last name. Like she has two last names. Um and so there was this again, this the belief that I had that you should stay with the person that you have a kid with because you should be married at that point. That was my, you know, my yeah. thought. So um, part of it was wanting to force this individual, force him to stay in relationship and the insecurities that I had, like I'm going to be a single parent, like that you, you made this child with me. So you're stuck with me basically. Um, and vice versa, you know, there was moments where, I didn't want it, but it was like, you know, can't be with anybody else because you have my child type of situation. And so anyhow, um, back and forth and and after there was lots of back and forth. Um, and I don't know if this was part of the question, but for me, it came to, I, I started having mentors in my life again, people that could speak into my life. And, um, he, the, at one point he, after she was born, he had gone to jail and, um, obviously in jail, you know, everything's so great. Um, because there's nobody else around. <laughs> I'm the one that's, you know, putting money on things. I'm the one that's visiting, um, with, you know, bringing, you know, his kid over, you know, just like I'm doing the things. And then, you know, he wanted to get married and I was like, Oh, like those big things, I, for whatever reason, I think it was, you know, I really think it's the Holy Spirit. I think it's God protecting me. Like those were red flags for me, like getting like tatted with his name, like just weird things that I'm like, okay, there's, there's this, like this thing that's trying to attach to me, not just him trying to attach to me. So I have, I'm controlled and I'm like, I can't be tied down to something um, that's not good for me. At that point, once I had her, I was like, okay, this is not just about me. Every decision I make is about her too. Yeah. And so- Was that proposed as far as a tattoo with his name or something? Like, was it like yeah, in, 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 in jail, like, oh, you should go get my, um, my name. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> things would be different over here. <laughs> yeah, but- yeah, they would be. It was a yeah. No, that's a that's interesting. Hell no, sure. for I'm me. Glad was, yes. uh, I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was a heaven's no. Yes. Uh, hell no. That's what I was. <laughs> you can say heaven's no. That's fine. Um, but I, you know, those things. I just had this like this awareness. Like I'm not going to like you're in jail. Like this is not this is not real. You know, and I, thankfully I had, you know, people speaking into my life too. And so, um, and then the, the conversation still happened, you know, after when he was released from jail. And so my mentors are like, okay, well, marriage is for life. So wait for six months. You don't need to do it right now. Cause I didn't feel like I wanted to, but I was like, oh, it's the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. Get married because you have a kid. This person wants to, you can deal with it, right? You can <laughs> just deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't, I just had this, again, this sense like this is, um, this is not something I'm just going to do. And so anyway, pr uh, they said, so obviously we're believers, right? They said fast, both of you guys fast for six months, not fast for six months, but pray about it for six months. And if it's a yes from both of you guys, then great, let's do it. And, um, one, he couldn't even fast for like a week. 
It was just, you know, cool, whatever, can get past that. But a month and a half in, he started dating somebody else. And for me, my heart wasn't broken. It was kind of like, okay, cool, got it. That's confirmation for me. If you if you can't stay committed to somebody for even six months and um, without us dating, right? Like this is, you want to be married, then you can, you should be able to stay straight yeah. <laughs> for this amount yeah. of time. And so um, I didn't even, I don't think I even cried over it. I was just like, okay, got yeah. it. Um, but guess what? I still went back and forth. I still went back uh, later on. I had started dating somebody else. Um, and uh, the very nice guy, but not the person for me, you know? And so anyway, I did the back and forth because of um, our um, our oldest and I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to like differentiate what was real so at some points because I just, I wanted relationship. I wanted to feel like loved and cared for. I wanted to feel like I mattered. And that it wasn't damaged goods. Yeah. But at that point, I had made the commitment like, okay, I'm not dating anybody. Not until she's 18. She's 18. Great. Then I can, you know, date. Yeah. And so I cut everything and everyone off. Like, I just had to not focus on me anymore. Yeah. Sorry, that was really all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. So just to backtrack a bit, you mentioned church you mentioned getting some mentorship and just leaders in your life and allowing them and this is that's the that's the term allowing them to speak mm-hmm. into your situation so was there a point where you guys were attending church together and he was also exposed to the same people how did you go about achieving the support that you eventually found i don't at that point i don't think he was attending it was just to me. I think they had met him maybe or knew him. Um, but later on, when I was, I told you I was dating somebody else. Um, he was dating somebody as well. And all four of us would go to church together um, for a short period of time. And um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't remember him seeking anybody out. I really don't. Um I don't know the state of any of those relationships truly, but I do know that I, for me, I was like a runner back then. I ran from things when it got hard or when I was uncomfortable or when I was like convicted of things. I was just, I ran. So um, I knew I needed people that were solid that I can trust when I couldn't trust myself because obviously I wasn't making good decisions in life at that point. So I needed people that I can trust and that could walk me through those things. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for their wisdom because who knows where I would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as far as humbling yourself to, Mm. to receive that instruction, that guidance and whatnot, how was that for you? Because there are so many people that can relate to your story and not having order, not mm-hmm. having security, not having the safety net, not having the family necessary to edify you, to really build you up and to direct you as God designed the family to do. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you take control of your life, you make your decisions, you wield your authority as you will. And then upon doing that, it makes it more difficult to, again, humble yourself and say, I actually need help. 
I actually need support. And this is around the age of 20, 20 years old, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think 20. Something like that. I'm pretty sure I was 20, yeah. Yeah, so how were you able to do that? How were you able to humble yourself and just realize that your understanding is corrupt? Mm. Your way of doing things is is not right. It's a threat to you as well as your child. And and you need this you need this help. That's a really good question. I I had to ha- be in community. So I I found this so I'm going to try to summarize this as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. But I went to this women's conference. I had no more friends. Like I had friends, but I cut everybody off because uh, I couldn't be I couldn't be in the party scene anymore. Like I tried it even after I had gave given birth. Um, I was still wanting to party and do things. Um, I would obviously, you know, the baby would be with my mom or if she was with, you know, her dad, like that was just, you know, when I would go out and stuff. Um, but either way I was like in this party scene and then a friend invited me to this like fasting and prayer thing at a church. And so I went, it was like 12 hours and, um, and it was the guy asked like, you know, people to, to come up and, you know, just if they had prayer or whatever. And I remember God telling, asking me if I trusted him and God, God, yeah. I said, that. asked you if you trusted him, him being God. Yeah. Yes. Trusted not the God. guy that asked the question. No, 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 no. Not the guy. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Clarification. Yes. yes. Um, God asking if I trusted him. As in God, okay? Capital H. Capital H. And and I realized just with some wrestling that I didn't. And I I wanted to. And so um, I had like, that was like a Saturday night. And, you know, I went to church that next Sunday and I had stopped. I was like, I'm going to just, I have to cut everyone off. Because these are my friends and I love them, but this is what they're about. And I realized quick, fast, and in a hurry, if you're not doing the things that your friends or your people group are doing, there's really no use of you. Like there's the love is not there as present. Um, I think that they, even those individuals still love me and care for me today, but we just didn't do the same thing. So we, so I needed community. So I went to this women's conference, uh, you know, a few months later and I was like, God, I need some friends. I need some friends. So went and then um, I met some amazing women there. They're still some of my closest friends today and uh, 12 years later. And um, that really, that's where my community was built. We met every week. I would bring Linnea. I was the only one with the kids. She was like the mascot. Um, And so I just, I had healthy people around me. And then I, you know, got invited. We got invited to this church, uh, other church. And I started going to this church and, um, the, the community was great, you know, just people. I had accountability. There was people I had to like, an- not answer to, but I, I wanted to answer to that. I wanted to help like lead me because I didn't have that. I needed some, and how I recognize that you asked, how did I recognize it or something like that? I, I don't think I did, but I knew what I felt was better than what I had felt before. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was different and it was healthy. I didn't know that before. Um, people, it's crazy. Cause I was such a rebellious person. I didn't, and against leaders, everybody, like I just, I was going to do my own thing. I didn't realize how much I needed it. And what I actually wanted it until I had it, you know? And, um, I remember I had, you know, got baptized at the church and then I left again and I rebelled 
harder than I had ever rebelled before. And I remember being in this place where it was, um, it was really in a dark place and I didn't realize it. And it was, I just had this thought, like, what if I, you know, sold my soul to the devil <laughs> because it's easier. Mm-hmm. And I remember that scared the crap out of me. I was like, I need to go to church. I need to go back to church. I went to church. My pastor prayed for me and just said, you know, basically like, there's more for you. You turn back now. If you don't turn back now, it's going to be too late. And I didn't want it to be too late. I knew I had some great things in store for me. Therefore, there was great things in store for my kid. And so anyway, I started going to Bible college and that's where the accountability really started happening was I made this choice to, I, I wanted to further my knowledge in scripture and in, in, um, what I believed in. I just wanted to know more, you know, I wanted to grow. I wasn't, I had gone to college for a little bit. Um, I just wanted to grow because there was, there's too much life, just too much life ahead of me. Yep. And so um, that's kind of where it felt better. It felt, just felt better. Like I, I felt safer. I felt like there was just some security. And so that's why it was easier to have like leaders, leaders and mentors. It's like people that are wiser than me. I I, I just, I don't know everything, Mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. And as you're speaking, I can imagine someone listening and saying, yo, that's very extreme, dramatic. We're talking about church. We're talking about this moment where you're like, what if I sold my soul? And it's just like, oh, this is, that's strange. But like, but the <laughs> thing is that I want people to understand is that when you are so close to something good and so mm. close to something that is true, but you're not in it, that leaves you at the greatest level of threat. Mm. I imagine like a football game, professional football game, the people that are tend to be, under the most threat of injury are not necessarily the people playing. Obviously injuries happen during the game, but it's the people that are actually on the sideline. Hmm. It's the people Hmm. that are, don't have the gear on. And then a play happens and they land out of bounds and someone's unsuspecting, or it's the guy that's holding the camera or Hmm. something like that. And they get ran into, they get ran over. Yeah. You, you imagine a basketball game, professional basketball game. And, you know, when those large human beings fall in the stands in the lap of a regular sized woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're under the greatest threat. So Margot yeah. found herself not in the game. Yeah. But desiring to be there. And we have, we have an enemy that does not want us to know the truth. He does not want us to walk in it. And, and therefore, like, because she was so, you know, in such a proximity at that moment, she was under threat. And it's really about just getting in the game, being in the truth, walking it out and doing the difficult things, doing the hard things, because we were, we we're either going to find ourselves so far from it that we don't feel threatened at yeah. all. Because guess what? You're not a threat. Mm. You're not. Or we will find ourselves on the sideline with one foot in and one foot out. And again, we are under the greatest level of duress and threat when, when we're lukewarm, when we're, we want to be in the game. We know what the game consists of, uh, as well as we know what once was being so far from this good thing and this truth. So 
It sounds extreme because it is is extreme. It is 100% extreme, uh, but it's so good. And because you engaged this process, you did the, the hard things that led to your restoration and your freedom. And you also did the, the foolish things that made very apparent, uh, the restoration, the healing and the hope that you were walking away from. Yeah. And you found yourself in this moment where you had to make a decision and you made one. Yeah, you did. And it wasn't perfect even after that. No, it wasn't. And it's it's interesting. I'm glad you sum- you said it like that because I didn't know I was kind of hesitating on saying that because I'm like, I don't know how to communicate. Really, it was like I had a taste of it and then I ran from it because it was scary to me. Like there was health. I didn't understand that really. And then coming back to it, um, the people in my life, like the community is huge. Like that's really what I want to emphasize is community was one of the biggest things. That's where I found people that like became my tribe that walk along, that walked alongside me. And, um, you know, I started off with saying I was a runner and, um, and I just was running in the wrong direction. Really. That's really what it was. Cause I, I, I hope to believe that I'm still a runner, but in the right. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. I just realized that while you were talking. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what would you say contributed in your, whether your household, the things that you knew, the things that you were familiar with, what attributed to you ultimately finding yourself pregnant and engaging in this lifestyle that results in pregnancy? What do you- Like as a child? What do you just, if you can think about a couple mm. things, a few things that- made this moment, made this relationship and this time in your life possible, what do you think attributes or contributed to hmm. you getting pregnant? Um, I was never taught talked to about sex. Not until after I had sex. That was just I think it's a huge thing. Yeah. Um it was kind of like it just avoid it. You don't talk I about don't. it. Um and then my family was just broken. It was just, so there wasn't really order. So I had to kind of, you know, make it myself, make the order myself. Uh, and I I didn't have community. That's really, I mean, really this what it is. There was moments where I did, and that's when I was like the healthiest. And the community I chose to, find, to, to walk into or to have wasn't a healthy community. There wasn't like strong men in my life. I think it was huge. Um, and the the strong women in my life didn't come until later on yeah so i think that and um you know i had didn't have the greatest relationship with my dad when i was younger and i was um I, I, there's this weird i don't know if it's just my our, our generation but for our generation for females it was this weird like it was over sexualized but it wasn't at the same time. It was kind of like, this is what you do. Like, this is okay. It's okay for a guy to like whistle at you or touch your butt or do these things. Like it was okay. I was super uncomfortable with those things, but I had to like kind of tell myself that stuff was, oh, that means, you know, you're attractive, you know, or that means this. Um, And so there was, I was harassed a lot when I was younger. I developed really quickly. And so I didn't really know how to manage those things. And then, so once I did engage in sex for the first time, um, it just opened this world up to me, like, like uh, my, uh, myself, you know, my body. And, and so, 
um, you can use it to get what you want, you know, not sex specifically, but just, you know, you being a woman. Mm -hmm. And it was like this weird, and nobody could tell me different. Nobody told me different. And I I had to figure it out on my own, you know, it was my friends and whatever else we had back then. Thank God I was not in the world of social media back then. Thank the Lord. Cause I don't know what it would be like if it was yeah. that today. So I, I guess, does it answer the question? Yeah, no, it really does. Mm-hmm. And it's so wild that that was, that's your revelation. That's your experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you think about this moment that we're in, in time mm-hmm. and, Godly. and there are people that are using, using their flesh, they're recognizing, what they can achieve, mm-hmm. what can be done, the profit that can be attained as a result of just just your body. You I get what you want. Else. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else to offer. I don't have to worry about offering anything else, but I I have some capital as mm-hmm. a result of this this flesh that I have to offer. Yeah. And like I knew I looked good. You know, like I was young and I knew I, it's this weird, like the flesh is strong. It is like, it is a strong capital, like you said, um, because the world is just a, a place where it's like the playing ground for people, you know? So yeah, that's, I think what attributed to it. Yeah, I, Those are huge things. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Well, in spite of being a single mother finding yourself in this place and you try to fight for a relationship and it just, you know, in spite of going back and forth and just trying to figure things out, you're a single mother. Yeah. And what kept you ultimately from throwing out your standards for yourself, for uh, a parental or male potential male figure for your daughter as well as a potential love interest what kept you from just completely selling out and Mm -hmm. settling for whatever you were you were given well the turning point for me i remember asking um do we say our kids names on here that's fine. okay linnea's dad i uh, her biological dad i said would you let linnea date somebody like you and he said, hell no. And I was like, it was like something clicked in me. And I was, you know, I, I don't think I said this to him, but I was like, why would I, then why would I date him? Like he knows he's not good for a person, you know? And so for me, I I had to like, I had to stop and evaluate myself. Like, why am I letting, why am I doing this? Really, why am I doing this back and forth? Yeah. And like I said earlier, I really was like, okay, I'm going to wait till she's 18. I'm just going to focus on her. You know, I'm still going to do the best I can with what I have. You know, again, I went to school. I did, you know, the things um, for a little bit. And um, I I guess ultimately I knew that and I know that God had good things in store for me and my daughter. Like I was like, this is, I got to fight. Whatever I have, I got to fight for it. I went to this program um it's called tommy's place with the ymca for young moms or young parents between before the age of 21 and i i I just i knew i had to get it together (laughs) like i just was a fighter like i i knew i needed something to do something i just did it and so i finally things started finally clicking for me um i probably wish i wish i spent more time even thinking about this question because i can answer it better but really i just i wanted more i wanted more 
and um and I was confident in who I was mainly because the community that was around me that was really I'm telling you the community made all the difference for me yeah um spoke truth into me life into me like there wasn't the end for me um and I didn't care about a love relationship because I was confident in who I was I didn't need anybody else to tell me anything like I just was at that point where um I'm good like me and God I'm good like I just started growing up a little bit. Like I didn't need to get anything from anybody else. And so, um, and my daughter was worth it. Like that was, there was so much love that I can give. Really, that's what really I think for me was like giving love to somebody that wanted to receive it. You know, yeah. it was huge for me. And, um, and so it was like, all right, me and her against the world. We're going to just do our thing. I had my siblings. I had, you know, friends, like the, people community that wanted to help me you yeah. know um I, I i had a uh, babysitter that would watch her for 50 dollars a week and she was there for hours like throughout the day when i was working two jobs like it was just this um i allowed people to help me that weren't technically my family that became my family at the time um and uh yeah, I just, I knew it was, there was more to life. It didn't yeah. end there. I just, I just knew it. There was something in me that just knew it and the community around me. So. Yeah. And I didn't pose this question. I knew there was going to be one of, of these. There, there always <laughs> is. But as far as her premature birth, mm-hmm. um, what do you think was happening to two ended question, but what do you think? was happening and again you've pointed to this a bit that contributed to the her being born prematurely and how do you think do you think that you were all the more invested and vulnerable to the magnitude of functioning as her mother as a result of seeing this tiny human Mm. that was entirely dependent on you yeah it's a good question stress is what I mean, it was a t- I'm telling you, the pregnancy was not like this beautiful. There was beautiful moments in it. Like it was mainly with my like siblings, if that makes sense. Like had some, I have some fun memories, you know, being pregnant around that time, but it was stress. It was, a t- it was like just stressful. I was trying to force this relationship to happen while this person was just wanting to be an 18 year old guy and doing what, whatever he wanted to do, you know? So really was stressed um, that she was, born at 32 and a half weeks so she was or something like yeah 32 and a half weeks so she was born a month and a half early um and there was lots of people in the room when i gave birth to her and i didn't get to see her until like four hours later i'm pretty sure i saw her right when she was born and then um, I had, I was again, a teenager. So I had all my friends in the room after. And I remember just looking at my chicken sandwich and saying, I just want to eat my chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. And they finally left. And then when she came in, I think from, it was just, I can't explain it. It's really hard unless it happens to you. I was a mom. It was like, I just knew I had to protect this child. You know, this was, she was tiny, four pounds four pounds and just this little thing that was sat on my, you know, was a right by my shoulder, just this little thing. And, um, and I, 
it's hard to kind of bring my mind back there, but I remember speaking about it and that's how I can speak about it now is, um, I knew it was me against me and her, you know, I had to protect her. She had, she had, I, I didn't want to count on anybody else. So I don't want her to have to count on anybody else, you know? So I get, does that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Stress. And, um, I was not ready for that. Um, I was working, was taking like the trolley and, you know, bus to work. I was just, and it was a terrible relationship I was in. So it was just this, or this, this thing. And, um, and if, when I say relationship, regardless if we were quote unquote dating, it was still a relationship, Yeah, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, what are a few big things that you would have had to see in order for your relationship and, and family to work? And you've alluded to some of this, mm-hmm. obviously the period of fasting, and you can just assume how you would desire a man to step up to commit to mm-hmm. your relationship and then to being a father. But what are some of those specific things Like after this, this is a hard question because I feel like there's nothing that would have attributed to making this it work. It's just really hard to imagine. It's super hard to imagine. Like I can't, I I really can't wrap my mind around it. It wasn't working before the pregnancy. So what would make it work after? So it's really hard to answer that question, but I'll try. Um, And the reason why I ask is because there are the rare there's the rare occasion where there is dysfunction there's a pregnancy and then things things work out in the way that they should and by work out i don't mean like we make it work Mm -hmm. we patch this thing together it's like no we come together absolutely unified in agreement we fight for this relationship for our family and we come to a place of health and functionality uh and i feel like you're answering the question like that's really what it is if i'm like if he as an individual and me as an individual if we became the people that we needed to be like mature wise in maturity um in maturity okay um fought for each other and for ourselves and for the child at hand, like that would make a difference. Um, So I could have made a difference, I think. And um, so I guess really it's, it's really hard. Like if there's, if it's not this, just this rando or somebody that you did not want to get pregnant with, if you actually have a relationship, I think maybe it can, it can work. There's a reason why you're not with somebody. There just, there is like, there's a reason why you broke up in the first place. There's a reason why, you know, um, you're uncomfortable with the idea of doing life, the rest of your life with this person, yeah. you know, but I think people can change too. Okay. Cause I am not, when I talk about the past, like I do not recognize that individual. Yeah. I don't. Um, so I think that there would be, and you can think about during the time again, when you guys were fasting, mm-hmm. some of the things that would have essentially confirmed that this is the potential guy maybe not even the guy but if if we have a starting point because we have our our starting point was way behind the line we were we were we began from a deficit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're getting equal and now we are just what would have kind of allowed for you to to give this a shot, a moment where maybe there is a chance. 
um, I would have had to see a total like transformation as a person into like a man like that could handle I'm a strong person okay so I understand that I'm not like this is not all on you know on him I understand that I was a very stubborn person but somebody that could uh, be honest one because that was a bit that's a big thing honesty um someone that um cared for and showed expressed you know love and admiration um but really for me what i was looking for i guess is someone that loved god and that could lead our family in in that way that's for me personally that's what yeah. i was looking for i needed someone that had a strong relationship with god mm-hmm. and so that's why it was kind of like you couldn't even like fast for just a couple of days was like, that was kind of a real, um, it was a red flag for me. Um, a big thing my mentors told me back then was like, um, do you have red, do you have red flags? You know? And it was, there's too many. Like it, I had to convince myself that it was okay. You know, that I could deal with certain things in order to be, and I didn't want to be in a relationship where I could, I had to deal with certain things, Yeah, but I could like, I was like, okay, like I, I, Someone told me like not you not everyone has a soulmate. Like some you you choose an individual and then you do life together because they're gonna they're gonna have flaws, you know. And so I had that in my mind, like okay, like I'll I'll just do, tolerate some things, but the things I won't tolerate is a cheater, is a liar, you know these things. Um, and someone that I have to lead, I I couldn't tolerate that. Yeah, you know. So. Um, Yeah, it's good. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, people find themselves in this moment of I'm pregnant. They are in whether a situationship, a relationship, even at times a marriage. Mm. And yet the hope or expectation for children was one of one of the parties are just like, this is not what I want. And then you find yourself in this moment and it just it, it changes and challenges things. So it absolutely changes things. It just does. Like, there's no question about that. And it, kids don't fix things. Like, I just want people, like, if your marriage is struggling, please don't add a kid to the mix. Don't. Like, on purpose, at least, you know, thinking that it's going to fix things. It just, it just doesn't. Yeah. I'm grateful that I, you know, I, I stuck with the pregnancy and I had Linnea um, because who knows where I would be. But that was really, you know, um, it really caused some, it, it didn't fix anything. Not that I wanted it to back then, but it just, yeah. It didn't. And I am also so grateful that you, you kept her, you had the revelation of both responsibility and valuing the life that was inside of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that you handled things the way that you did, that you, did so you stumbled through much of it i stumbled through a lot of it (laughs) golly but you came to a point where you knew that you have value you still have value and you are worth something worth much and you're loved not just by people but by the most important person that being god Mm -hmm. and and therefore you changed your life and you were given the the power, the ability, the strength to do so. And you surrounded yourself with people that supported you in that. 
and mm-hmm. it literally made all of the difference in your life, the accumulation of it. Mm-hmm. And it allowed for us to come to a point where we are encountering one another. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool, this state that you were in when we did encounter one another. It wasn't this back and forth, still doing this thing, still entertaining this thing. Mm-hmm. And is it, was it somewhat recent history? I guess kind Mm -hmm. of, but it wasn't like a yesterday type Mm -hmm. thing, but there was some time where you were just, you were a single mother. You allowed yourself to heal. You assumed the confidence and the authority in your role and just what life had in store for you. Uh, And, uh, and then I come along and we're we're obviously, (laughs) friends and I get to see you over time function in that way. And if there had still, again, if there was back and forth, if there was this struggle, Mm. as I saw you from a distance, I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm super good. I'm not interested in Mm -hmm. entering into this chaotic circumstance. I, I wish you the best week. I'm for sure going to be, I'm capable of being your friend, Mm. but entertaining a relationship is not an option yeah Uh, because i was a man of integrity obviously i've grown exponentially in that regard but i had enough respect for myself and i had enough of an expectation for life and the relationship that i did want to not entertain somebody that's in the middle of turmoil yeah straight up and having having to cut that off was hard but like when you cut it off you cut it off. You're not friends after. That's what I, the mistake I made was I wanted to, sorry, I know this is kind of like ending it, but um, I, the cutting it off and then remaining friends, but didn't work. I ended up cheating on my other boyfriend at the time with him, mm-hmm. you know, it because you have to understand that there's ties. There's a tie there and you have to completely cut it off. You can't remain friends. That just doesn't work. I don't know how people, people, some people supposedly make it work. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't work. You got to cut things off. You got to cut people off of your life and that's okay. Love them from a distance if mm-hmm. you need to, but you do not need to entertain yeah. the idea of you have to be friends with your kids father kids mother you don't have to yeah. nope that would have that we wouldn't have we wouldn't have been we wouldn't be where we are today if that was the case back then absolutely so so we find ourselves in this place as we are united this is my wife we are one yes and you mentioned it earlier but this is a individual that is going to be a part of your life our lives for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. and so there is the the stuck component still applies. Yep. We are, there's still an attachment. There is still a, a bind that we have to this individual. Mm-hmm. However, it's real. What's really cool is that now commitment is leading in that our commitment is to love and serve this, what is becoming a young woman. Mm-hmm. And we're leading with our commitment while we, while commitment couldn't be exercised as you guys were, uh, kind of struggling to do relationship and figure things out and do the father and mother thing. Couldn't come to a consensus and commitment at that point, but we've arrived at a point where commitment is being exercised. Mm-hmm. And 
it doesn't look like this intimate personal thing, but it does look like a respect from our, our roles and what the, the responsibilities that come with those roles. And then we're committed to, again, making this happen for her sake. Yeah. And leading with that, all the whole confusing relationship stuff, the history, all that stuff has fallen by the wayside 100%. Mm-hmm. But we, the, we're leading with commitment. Yeah. And that's 100% God. It really is. Yeah. There was, I mean, it's kind of, it's beautiful how it is today. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it wasn't always like this either, even when we did first. You and I first got together. Yeah. Like it, there was some. It was hard. Yeah, yes. <laughs> for hard. sure. We had moments. Mm-hmm. We had moments, and even recent moments, the last year or two. And what do we do? We lead with commitment. Mm. Our commitment is to love and serve and raise this this girl. All this personal stuff. We're not about it. We're not interested in it. And it's. And that's okay. And that's okay. (laughs) And it's prevailed. Yeah. Our commitment to our responsibility roles, that's prevailed. And we're we're living in that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. It is. So that is the gist of this episode. Babe, thank you so much for keeping it one hundo, Mm -hmm. for being real. Raw and honest. Do you feel like You're I so like good for that? Like there was a net, like that I I was able to communicate what I wanted to you communicate. Are, this is guys, <laughs> listeners. This is not something that Margot necessarily entertains as far as just revisiting this history, and she doesn't think about it too much because why? But <laughs> but this is a heck of a testimony because you think of our lives now, we are thriving. As a result mm. of her right response to this very difficult many seasons of life. Yeah. And so whatever you heard, however clear or however jumbled it was, <laughs> uh, extend some grace. It was it was everything it needed to be. And it's so powerful. It's wild that you are the beautiful, intelligent and strong woman godly woman that you are in this moment it is absolutely miraculous that that's the case thanks baby i am grateful for you and i'm grateful that you handled things the way that you did or else you and i wouldn't have gotten together Mm. i'm grateful too it's wild yeah i love you she's probably going to use one of those square pieces of toilet paper that are currently identifying as kleenex but uh <laughs> I love Jesus, you. I love you. Thank you again for laying it down. Great episode. So good. Fire <laughs> blenders. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thank you. Love you. I love you. Shukran. Shukran. Have one. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.